The Production Expert Podcast is brought to you with the kind support of Autoria, Source Elements, and RSPE Audio Solutions. Welcome to the Production Expert Podcast. I'm Julian Rogers, and in this week's edition, I'm joined by Saf Elmansour and Henrik Bridger from Antares. Welcome both. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you very much for having us. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, Antares, we, we've got to get straight into that stuff, but before we do, we should probably kind of speak to both of you. So, Henrik, Saf, t- t- tell us a little bit about yourselves, um, uh, how you came to be at Antares, what you do at Antares, a uh, little bit of background so people know who we're talking to. We could start with you, Henrik. Um, so, why, why, how did we get here? Working on an album for myself and uh, my significant other, we were working on an album in Pro Tools, and I really didn't know what I was doing, so I decided to go and get Pro Tools certified. So I did that, and probably through somewhere between the 201 or 210 course, I stumbled across the job here at Antares through a friend of mine. Uh, they needed a tech support person, and I thought, hey, I, can, I want to try this. And that was in 2011, and I have been here ever since. Fantastic. Other background is I'm a bass player. I moved to the U.S. from Sweden in 1992 to go to Berklee College of Music, and I stayed here in the U.S. ever since. Awesome. I'm also a bass player, but if you went to Berkeley, then you're clearly a better bass player than me, but we should probably, probably well. move on from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, ex- ex- I mean, Saf, um, same question. I mean, how, how do you come to be where you are today? What's a, a bit of background? Who are you? Yeah, it's a long and torturous road, but uh, went through, um, I grew up in between three cultures, so also like Henrik from the other side of the Atlantic, but I, I grew up, my parents were doing their PhD in London. So I grew up between London, um, France and Morocco. So I grew up between three cultures and three languages, um, got into, you know, don't have a, you know, a, a music background like both of you probably do, but was definitely involved in music since my teenage years, definitely uh, was a child of the 90s, um, electro, electronic scene, so started DJing and, you know, dabbled in music production and um, went into the business world, worked with a number of companies in different places and came full circle back to music. So um, just in 2020, yeah, 2020, right in the middle of COVID, um, um, was able to um, join uh, Antares Audio Technologies as the, its first, oh, well, second chief marketing officer. And um, it's absolutely lovely to be able to combine my two passions of music and marketing awesome. uh, and work with such a dedicated team. Fantastic. Okay. So, well, I mean, now we've got that out of the way. I mean, Antares. Um, uh, I I always use Antares as a really good example of uh, of a brand in in audio tech who've who've achieved that ultimate accolade because uh, their product names become the verb that you used to describe the process that it performs in the same way as we have Hoover's people auto tune stuff and it's it's really unusual I think for a product that's kind of if, actually rather niche you know it's kind of like uh, it, it's the kind of stuff that that most people <laughs> don't need to worry about they they know that word they they don't know the name of any other plugin <laughs> but they know the name of that one um 
uh, we'll get on to more recent developments as we as we get further into it. But um, I'd, I'd like to know a little bit more about kind of how Auto Tune became became a thing, uh, was released into the world. A little bit about the history of that product, because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I see the the product and the company as kind of indivisible. At, certainly at the beginning, it's kind of like uh, they were um, inextricably linked. Um, I, I don't I don't know who would be best to answer that. Actually, I mean, Henry, you've you've been there rather longer, so would that be a good question for you? Possibly, I suppose. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um, well, the first edition of Autotune came out in 1997. Um, that was the version one, and it was all, you know, it was manual. You had to use it as an external processor. It wouldn't run in something like Pro Tools or anything like that because it was far too processor heavy. Mm. And um, the product was created by Dr. Andy Hildebrand. He invented the technology and put it out there at that time. And um, now we are 25 years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's been interesting to see from my own part, just being here for the last 11 years or so, just how much it has changed in those 11 years. And then, of course, there's all the time before I wasn't here. Mm. I think we've done some nice, uh, you know, upgrades to the product over the years since I've been here and obviously before that. So, I mean, you, t- you talk about uh, this This is probably a distinction that'd be, that would be lost on people who weren't users. I mean, they recognise the idea of, you know, auto-tune um, and... Uh, and what it does and what it sounds like, of course, that's when you can hear it, which is which, yes. is, which is a choice. But I mean, you're saying kind of like there's been developments and, and upgrades. I mean, it already it already did what it's what it's kind of you know best known for. But that's kind of missing the point of a product like that, isn't it? Um, tell us a little bit about the um, about the developments. I mean, what's 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 new? What's changed recently with that with that flagship product? There are more of them. I know that. Yeah, there's different editions, kind of like, you know, small, medium, large, and extra large, if you will. Mm. How I see it, we've made it easier to use, more flexible for if you want the effect sound that we all know, mm. or if you want to do a completely um, transparent type of tuning, uh, and time correction for that matter, because we added that uh, time correction came into autotune in version seven so you can actually you know edit your time and pitch at the same time mm-hmm. and um i think other things like when we added formant correction that that became clear it became a more transparent product if you wanted that or a transparent transparent sounding product i should say mm. and just sonically it's changed a little bit i mean we all know that during the Autotune 5 era, people really liked the way that that product sounded because it has a kind of a grittier sound than version 6 or Autotune Evo that came afterwards. Mm. And although Evo and our current versions are cleaner sounding and more accurate sounding, I should say, okay, uh, people really love the Autotune 5 sound because of the flavor it adds with this gritty high-end sound to it mm. and then when we came out with autotune pro or version 9 we added 
in the classic algorithm, as we call, we, we name it the classic mode, and mm -hmm. that adds back in the AutoTune 5 algorithm to the product. So now you can switch between the two. Mm. I, I find that really interesting just because, I mean, it was... I remember back in those days and being really kind of like a little bit struck by, hang on, people are people are using different tuning products for different sounds. And it was, to my way of thinking, that was kind of a little bit wrong. But it's it's about the, what you're trying to achieve with the product, and I, and I totally get that. But hmm. um, I think there's an, uh, uh, a parallel here with, um, so, say, with, with classic hardware. And stuff that, and it's and it's always uh, I don't know. You look at like a tape machine, for example, and and these days people use tape machine for the sound, whereas of course yes. the people who designed those tape machines were trying as hard as they could to design them so they didn't have a sound at all. And in the same way, I'm sure when version five AutoTune was coded, that whoever was whoever was writing that was trying to do it to be as transparent as possible. But isn't it funny how it goes? You put stuff out in the world, and it's not really up to you what people do with it. And <laughs> there you are. It's it's, it's funny how. The history of music and maybe other um, uh, domains are full of these little happy accidents, mm. right? I mean, um, you know, this Roland TR-303 is just another one of those happy accidents, like something that was a complete failure from a commercial standpoint, but became this iconic sound of electronic music and, and acid, and now it's making a full comeback. Sure, and the, the, the TB303, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, sure most exactly. of us have seen the um, the advert where you've got... Um, uh, I'm having a mind blank on the name of the uh, um, the, the Canadian jazz pianist um, who I'm a great fan of. Oh, dear. This is, this is Oscar Peters. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, um, who, who <laughs> there's a, like an endorsey type picture of him with with uh, with some uh, some products like that, including a TB three hundred three, and it's just like no, you're you're really marketing this wrong. Speaking of marketing, actually, <laughs> Saf, that's a perfect segue, almost like I planned it into um, Saf. So um, uh, I said when, when I was talking with. Um, uh, uh, with Henrik about how there's, there's more products out there now. There's more ways to get, to access that cool technology that's behind that. Um, it was it was a surprise to me actually because it's something that I hadn't been actively keeping an eye on until relatively recently. And I revisited the Antares products and went, "Well, there's tons of them now." And uh, mm -hmm. um, how would you break it down to, to um, uh, the 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 reason why there are several different products that uh, that um, as well as other things in some cases offer offer um, access to that core technology. Yeah, I mean, we, we've developed a, you know, a strong core competency and, and DNA and voice. So, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, through, yeah, you know, the, the happy accident of auto-tune and how it was designed and how it ended up being used, um, you know, and, and all the versions that Henrik mentioned, we've, we've grown our, our capabilities in terms of vocal processing and vocal design. And uh, we are, you know, we've been starting to leverage that core technology behind other products within that vocal production chain. And so, um, I mean, Henrik can speak really better than I can about the, the whole new vocal EQ, which is a really good illustration of mm. how that, you know, innate vocal technology can be used for uh, in, in other areas of that vocal production, especially the, you know, the fundamental ones such as EQ. You wouldn't think, you know. The EQ space is so crowded, uh, but at the same time, we were able to innovate even in a space that is, you know, considered, a, you know, um, a kind of a commodity or, or crowded space. Um, and we've done the same as well with, you know, harmonizers. And, you know, we have, you know, we're, we're, we're completing our full vocal 
uh, portfolio uh, with products that are specifically designed around vocal design, how the ways you can improve or 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 um, mangle or, mm. uh, or 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 you know add effects or instrumentalize your voice. So really, this has become our core competencies. Is where we're putting most of our uh, technology in our in our communication. Excellent. I mean, I was, uh, I. Uh, when I first became aware um, of the EQ product, um, I have to say it was uh, it was released at NAM this year. Um, That's as, correct. And uh, uh, of course, you when you're you know, jumping on stories that are coming out and you're working pr- quite real time, and and there is the potential to misunderstand what you're reading. And I got that completely wrong. And I'm very glad that I read it through and checked before I put it out on the site, because otherwise, you know, the internet being what it is, somebody would have noticed very quickly. But um, the way in which the the technology from AutoTune is is built into the EQ. I mean, I, I, Henrik, would you be would you be uh, the best person to ask about? Explain what that product is and what it achieves. Sure. Um, so there is the AutoTune pitch tracking in the EQizer, which of course uses the AutoTune you know technology. Mm. So it analyzes the pitch and you know the fundamental and all the harmonics. So you can basically, if you turn one of the bands into um, to follow the harmonics, whether it's the first, second, third, or up to the ninth, yeah. So you can then it follows and say you you want to either enhance or you know take away from the fund from the specific harmonic that you're equalizing. It, it basically pitch tracks it in real time, so you, you will see the frequency change on that band with every note. Mm. So, so you can basically do a, uh, like a dynamic equalizer that's pitch dependent, so it follows the melody or instrument if you send that into it. So you can either like take away the harmonic or enhance it if you want to do that. Mm. And it just follows, it's kind of like... I don't know. It, it, yeah, it's just like tracks it the whole time, and you can totally see how it. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a pitch tracking EQ. I mean, uh, I'm very familiar with these, um, and, uh, yeah. and the idea of being able to shape the timbre of something so that the timbral shift that you've introduced moves with the pitch because you know if you if you jump a fifth and you've notched out something that happens to be on the third harmonic it won't be on the third harmonic anymore when you yeah, that kind of idea um these right. these these uh, there have been pitch tracking equalizers um, around for some time um the point of difference that i i'm aware of i mean it's it's you can make these bands dynamic so as well as tracking uh tracking with pitch using yes. using um, using a a, a, a well tested uh, pitch analysis tech. I mean, uh, it has to be said because uh, when I tried it, I, I certainly noticed that it did track extremely well. But as well as being able to do boosts and cuts, um, and, uh, and and a pretty pretty thorough job on them, I have to say, because I mean, you know, I, was, I, I went in going, so what gives? What's new? Why why is this why is this a thing that needs my attention? But it, you can also have dynamic. Um, uh, dynamic control of gain for EQ bands, correct? Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Achoria has a wide selection of software effects, including three compressors, three filters, three preamps, and three delays you'll actually use. The latest release, Three Delays You'll Actually Use, includes Delay Tape 201, 
Delay Memory Brigade, and the unique and experimental Delay Eternity. A bundle of selected effects called the AudioFuse Creative Suite is included with all AudioFuse audio interfaces. Visit Autoria.com to find out more on the effects you'll actually use. This reminds me of, in, in an article I wrote quite recently, 10 plugins which have become legends. Now, that was the title I ended up with. It, uh, the word that was in my mind when I was writing that piece was reputation. And, uh, and something that I had to finish that piece up on Autotune just because... Um, uh, just because it's got a reputation, and uh, and for some people it's it's kind of it's it's polarizing is the word I'll use. Um, just because some people really don't like it, and it's just kind of like okay, you you say you don't like auto tune. It's like with people who say they don't like reverb, and I'm going, you're only saying that about reverb that you've noticed, which is probably heavy-handed use of reverb and possibly inappropriate. And in the same way, heavy-handed use of anything is too much. I'm 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 softening that statement, but you know what I'm getting at. Um, I think this is really interesting. Now I'm kind of returning back to the uh, auto tune things. There's so much to say about it, but something I'm very aware of is um the uh how it that technology represents a bit of a watershed moment for music because you have music that's pre or post the emergence of that technology and i i think it's really affected listeners i'd love to know what you think about this just that um, our pitch perception has i think become possibly more acute definitely less tolerant of obviously pitchy vocals stuff that you could get away with in a record um, in the early 90s, you couldn't get away with in the kind of like mid-2000s. And certainly when I hear stuff on the, on uh, uh, on, on records, um, um, I kind of I've, I flinch or wince slightly at things that I, I didn't even think about at the time. Is this something that you recognise? Do you think that it's affected the um, the listening taste and, and just the way people listen out in the, out in the community? Uh, what, Definitely. What is, uh, okay, go oh, on. Oh, sorry. No, no, yeah. please. I was just, yeah, absolutely, definitely. I mean, we've we've seen how, you know, something that has, you know, been designed for one thing becomes, um, there's a, a good expression that was used in, in this Netflix documentary around autotune, and they called it the creative misuse of an instrument, which yeah. I thought was uh, was well, well, well coined there. Uh, and it's, you know, artists like Cher or T-Pain or others who've decided to go the hard tune way, uh, which is not something our ears were were used to. That's why it got so much bad press and people were used to, you know, the likes of Whitney Houston and Dolly Parton and all these great vocalists, uh, you know, and not knowing that uh, there was probably some, a little bit of very soft autotune in the background and, and on the production level. Mm. But hearing it like that and, and such a... Um, uh, in your face way was a little shocking at first and like any innovation it takes a little bit of time it takes a little bit of getting used to and we all remember all the um you know you know the um you know the, the what jay-z's album death of attitude and all the controversy that happened in the early 2000s but now it has become really the sound of pop we are so closely associated mm. with the sound of pop and you'll notice that the latest generation of, of musicians embrace it it is all about the sound, you know, that sound of pop you, that you want to have. So I, the controversy I, has ended. <laughs> I, I totally agree. And I, what I think is interesting is that young vocalists um, actually emulate the artifacts of um, uh, enthusiastic auto-tune in their vocals. And some people actually do it really... And I, I don't know if they do it consciously, but some people I've definitely heard doing it, and they're trying to 
do a vocal that sounds like a record and in the same way that people will over-enunciate voiceless elements of, their, of, of, the, uh, of the vocal um, because they're mm. used to hearing very close-mic, highly compressed vocals. They also, some, some of them do little kind of little twangs and those little bits of kind of, you know, doing an impression of those tuning artefacts. I, I would suggest, and I'd like to know what you think about this, that um, something that really, really surprised me, I even go as far as to say shocked me, was that it's easy to be lazy about this and to say that there's kind of like um, some statement about the, the standard or quality of vocalists in their use of, uh, of auto-tune and say, oh, you know, if you can sing, you don't need it, but, you know, people, anybody can sound like they're a good singer if they use this technology. It's, it's a well-worn thing that we hear said that people who think about it more closely kind of go, well, actually, it is more complicated than that, and that's not necessarily the case. And the most interesting use of a ch any tuning product I've ever heard, and I've got no idea which tuning products this, this vocalist used, um, was Michael Bublé. Hmm. And doing it to sound to sound modern and to make a sound that appealed to a younger audience, doing a very traditional uh, style of music, and and someone who's clearly a, clearly an extremely good vocalist and very traditional vocalist doing that, I thought that was fascinating. I, I don't know if, if we're disappearing down a rabbit hole or whether that's a valid thing to say. I'd like to know what other people yeah. think. Well, I think this is what's happened. It's it started as a tool and now it's become an instrument. This is what what's changed. Good point. Yeah, definitely. Um, to the point where there was a video that I watched from Pure Mix relatively recently with um, with a producer. It was kind of like a, sort of like a hip hop producer who was um, sketching out melody ideas just by um, playing real time MIDI controlled auto tune over a vocal that had just been record just been recorded. You know, with with anything at all, just to actually find the melodic hook for the song and to. To, to write to write the melody on, into the vocal in post, as it were, and I thought that was really interesting and something that's very foreign to me, but perfectly natural to people who are, you know, um, used to the, that kind of style of production, I suppose. No, I think it's interesting you mentioned the whole thing with Michael Bublé and what he did with it. It was a very neat idea, I thought. But taking a little bit of a step back to what we were saying earlier, like how we've become more sensitive to pitch in music at all i mean i find for myself that it's like we have retrained ourselves or our ears have been retrained by autotune to not accept stuff that's out of pitch as yeah. much as we once did i mean it's like you know you go back and listen to some of the pop stuff from say the 80s where were big huge productions and then sometimes you hear vocals that are not particularly accurate yeah, yeah. when it comes to pitch <laughs> and that at the time we didn't think anything of it really i mean it was just like oh it's this it's what singing song. sounded like yeah yeah and <laughs> and and now yeah. when i hear it i mean my ears have been retrained by it mm. and now i hear it i'm like wow that's not yeah. so in tune. That's not even close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, a, that, a really that, interesting comment that I heard was um, uh, um, the the Adele record, the big the big single, um, uh, "Go Easy." One, I'm, I'm, I should I should know the title of that record, but you know the one that I'm talking about. And there was a discussion I saw online where people were were analysing that and seeing that it was kind of you know off the pitch centre. And speculating mm -hmm. about whether or not the record was actually microtonal, and I was going, "What?" <laughs> and I mean, it's wow. from my kind of like old man perspective, going, "Oh, come on, you get off my lawn, you, 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 you kids," you know. <laughs> but actually, it's it's a it's not 
actually is, I mean, it, it is going way too far, actually, but I, I understand how the person who was speculating like that got there with their perspective on what uh, what a, a vocal on a record looks like and sounds like. So, mm. interesting. Well, yeah, fun, funny enough, there's this whole uh, um, hashtag or... or uh, on going on TikTok of all places, uh, okay. you know, uh, around is it auto tuned or not? So you'll find hundreds and hundreds of uh, records and uh, and tracks, and people just wonder, you know, is it auto tuned or not? Uh, so there's this whole thing around people trying to detect whether it's auto tuned or not. So it's become so ubiquitous that there's online competitions about whether or not there is effect there. The Production Expert Podcast is made possible using Source Connect Now from Source Elements, the free way to record high-quality audio over the internet. Need to record an interview or a podcast like this one remotely? With Source Connect Now, you can. Using a Chrome browser, you'll get ISDN-equivalent quality audio without the need to install any additional software. Register for your free account at now.source-elements.com. Fantastic. Uh, uh, interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm not altogether surprised that that we've, uh, that I actually have steered this conversation quite firmly towards Autotune, towards that core product. Um, it, there's, there's more to the Antares Stabler products, um, though. Uh, there's, there's other things uh, other things out there. Um, I was looking over the list to remind myself what was on there, and some stuff that's kind of, I remember from years ago, it's kind of still around. I mean, Antares, as far as I'm aware, were the first people to kind of um, uh, to release a product that did any kind of mic modelling in the kind of, certainly uh, in the plug-in space. Um, the Antares mic modeler, I, I remember I remember seeing that years ago, trying it. Obviously, I did what everybody did and got 58 and went, okay, sound like an 87. It doesn't work that way around, admittedly. But, you know. um, but uh, um, other things, uh, including uh, you, the Antares recently resurrected Sound Soap, which yeah. uh, is a very interesting thing to come back. So um, looking slightly wider, I mean, I see a focus on, on vocals, but, uh, but I mean, you know, we've got ideas about can you be moving out into the post space. Of course, tuning isn't only done on vocals. I mean, the amount of tuning that goes on in, I don't know, bass guitars, I mean, you know, Speaking exactly. to the bass player, you know, what I mean, it's like how many tuned basses do you, do you see out there? Which, uh, yeah, um, what what can we what can we say more generally about the, uh, the Antares stable beyond just that core technology of auto tune? Um, what what's what's out there? Are there any directions in which the company might be going, or growth that you're seeing, or interest in particular areas? Yeah, and I think it goes back to um, an earlier point around you know really leveraging that DNA that around vocal design and the autotune technology to really round up kind of our, our our vocal design portfolio. So anything that touches on voice, whether it's like you mentioned, mic modeling, you know, like take your Shure SM7B and turn it into a Neumann or, or something like that, mm. uh, or, or, or harmonics, um, you know, harmonizers, or, you know, we also, to your point, resurrecting sound soap and, and, and uh, making it even better. And, and sound soap was, was a um, pioneering product in its, its, its day um, uh, in the post-prod world. So um, you, you'll see us making moves in, in different adjacent spaces that mm. also... Um, utilize and, and leverage voice. Uh, and so we're also looking at, you know, uh, doing some exploration into, um, into gaming, for example. And so this is really early days for us. 
you know, where, you know, a lot of gamers are using audio skins to uh, either gain anonymity or, you know, I want to have that monster voice that I'm, that I play with. And so okay. we noticed that there are some, um, uh, there's space there for us to, to, to exist. But ultimately when we're talking about the, the pros and the prosumers and the, and the musicians, we, we are trying to round up our portfolio. So, you know, the vocally cues, the example of, another product to really round it up and um, and really continue to leverage our technology to give people the tools to manipulate, instrumentalize voices as best as they can. That's really interesting what you're saying about instrumentalizing because um, uh, it's it while transparent uh, processing of, of vocals, of course, is kind of what most people will want to do most of the time. There's loads more that you can do. And, I mean, there's sort of some slightly oddball products like, uh, um, what's it called, Throat. I mean, that's a that's an interesting product. And it's kind of like if you understand how a voice is made, you can change characteristics of it and, 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 and manipulate particular... Uh, the the effect of changing the physiology of of a of a of a, of a vocal in the same way as you might by manipulating the formant. Um, right. This idea about um, about using stuff in the gaming space as well. And presumably, there's there's kind of like you know there's a, there's a latency requirement for that for people to be able to. Um, you're talking about having a, like a vocal avatar in this case, really, aren't you? Is that the idea? Um, that's absolutely right. That is wow. uh, a very well uh, chosen word. Um, yeah, and latency. I mean, as you know, we, we've seen how the processing power has, you know, you know, uh, quadrupled or even more since the early days. And now, you know, our phones have almost the same processing power as, as our laptops. Mm. So that 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 latency has just been decreasing and decreasing. Um, so and it enables us to to operate to one make our current stable of products a lot more powerful than they ever were. Um, you know things like you know the M1 and M2 microprocessors. We're we're fully leveraging those as well to really continue to push that that processing power uh, and that latency down. Um, mm, interesting. So yeah, there's a lot of elements and you know in in the tech ecosystem that that are allowing us to innovate at, at a faster pace than we did before. Fantastic, fantastic. We've kind of skirted around the edge of this, but I'm just going to put the question out there. And this is one when I've when I've when I've got people from a brand on, they always yeah, it's it's usually the question they enjoy the least. But what, if anything, can you share about what Antares are planning in the future? Is there anything that you can say? I'm sure there's loads you can't, but is there anything that you can say? Um, I, I don't well, we really can... mind. Who who wants to take that one? Who's going to avoid uh, that one quickest? <laughs> <laughs> I can take it. I mean, I can, okay. uh, without giving away too much, we are, you know, um, Henrik mentioned earlier, our, our kind of our, our core product, our, our really our hero product, which is, you know, the original Autotune, which became Autotune Pro. And uh, we are, um, you know, about to release the latest version of that, which is version 10, uh, which, you know, without giving away too much, is going to be the most powerful Autotune Pro yet. Uh, it's also been rewritten on a whole new code base uh, with, you know, um, uh, you know, an improved and much easier graph mode uh, that will allow for much easier precision tuning and editing. Uh, and as well as, I can probably tease this one out already, uh, ARI2 support. Excellent. So extremely uh, proud of, of uh, you know, this new release. So um, keep your eyes peeled. 
That's very intriguing. Very intriguing indeed. I've got to drop in my 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 favourite autotune story for, for for myself, which was um, playing with real time autotune uh, on the UAD platform. And uh-huh. um, uh, I was, I, I, I'd been playing with it, but uh, I managed because I wasn't monitoring my uh, my mic as I was doing the voiceover. I tend to find it a bit uh, distracting to be able to hear myself when I really don't need to, you know. Um, and it was only when I played it back that I realised I recorded an entire voiceover for quite a long um, video tutorial with some hard tuned auto tune printed <laughs> through console <laughs> onto the thing. Yeah. Now we want to hear it. <laughs> it's it's been consigned to the, yeah. It, it was it was amusing, and it took me a little while to figure out what the hell is going on. But anyway, there we are. Um, this has been this has been really interesting chat. Thank you both very much. Um, I think as time's kind of getting on a little bit, we should move over to find of the week. RSPE Audio Solutions design, sell, and install professional audio and video equipment. Their team are available by phone, live chat, or email to receive and process orders. They have everything you need to build or upgrade your home studio to ensure you can continue to work from home. If there is anything they can do to help, reach out or shop online at rspeaudio.com. So, Henrik, what's your find of the week? Well, my find of the week is not something I found this week, really, but I've used it a lot in the last week or so. Um, it is a preamp DI box from uh, Noble Amplifiers. They are actually a local Bay Area company, um, and they make a little DI that's made for. It works primarily on bass, but it works on guitar and other instruments and mm-hmm. things like that. And as a bass player of many moons, I've had. And owned a lot of bass equipment from, you know, anything from the SWR amps to the Aguilar amps to the Eden amps mm. to the Euphonic audios. And my other little bass preamps that I own are like the Avalon U5s, the EBS Microbase, some of the Raven Lab stuff. Okay. But I can honestly say that this Noble Amp di box is the best piece of bass equipment i've ever plugged my basses into oh wow and it doesn't i mean it's really it, you're not lost in um uh in bewildering options here you've got volume bass and treble and 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 that's that's your lot by the looks of it so. and that's it yeah and it sounds so amazing just i mean just plug it in i you can plug it in and don't even turn up the the bass or treble just as is Okay. Uh, is this, this is this with is this with um, a particular bass that you use? I mean, are we talking active or passive or t- t- just anything or modern vintage? What kind of sound? Absolutely anything. Okay. So I, um, my previous career was actually an instrument builder for various guitar companies and bass companies here in the U.S. So I have uh, during the time I built basses for myself. So. Um, I use those, and those are all have active electronics in it. And sometimes I use the active electronics built in, or I bypass them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say, either way you go, at the moment I'm recording something that's kind of acoustic sounding, so I kind of bypass the electronics. And this little box, I mean, it blows my mind every time I plug it in and record with it. It's wonderful. 
Looks, it looks interesting, and I, I like this because I've never ever heard of it. But I'm looking at the people who've uh, who got testimonials from, and yeah, these are these are proper people who play with proper artists. So yeah, right, absolutely. Okay, well, that sounds really interesting. Excellent. So, um, Saf, what about you? What's yours? Yeah, I mean, it's less in the production space and more in the uh, music enjoyment. I was uh, down in Oakland over uh, the weekend to to watch this Berlin electronic act and. and looking at the uh, the next act the next day was Grace Jones. So I was just um, surprised, also a little bit sad that I was going to miss that one. But it's, you know, speaking of a vocalist that may not need autotune, actually. I mean, she's just such a fantastic artist, muse and, and vocalist and a force. So um, we're just that was kind of my little discovery this week that she is still alive and well and kicking and still performing out there. As I, I think it's. I think we're kind of seeing more and more people kind of like getting back on the horse, as it were, post um, all the uh, all the unpleasantness of the last couple of years. Um, I I had also noticed this because um, uh, not many, not that many people live close to me who are kind of like really uh, um, uh, active in the business. But um, Grace's uh, um, bass player Malcolm lives very close to me, and uh, we are connected on Facebook. And I was seeing pictures of all sorts of gigs which I haven't seen for for quite a while. So yeah. Very good to see. Very good indeed. Uh, mine's mine's a dull one because uh, mine very often are. But um, uh, I <laughs> I took a holiday a uh, week before last, and uh, me being me, I didn't have that much of a holiday. I didn't actually do any work in terms of creating stuff for the blog. But um, I found myself going through the whole way through the Dolby Atmos music training um, resources on the Dolby website uh, on my iPad. So while I was kind of you know pretending I was just kind of oh yeah I'm just goofing about on socials, it's like actually I'm being a massive nerd. And uh, it's really, really good. Uh, most of it I knew perfectly well, actually, because um, I, I've looked at this stuff before. But even if you think you know, um, check it out because it's really nicely set up, very, very uh, easy to dip into and dip out of. Um, and um, and it's it's so thorough. That's what's nice about it. It just goes through everything. And there was quite a few things along the way that went, I knew this, but I didn't know that. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Dolby Atmos Music Training Resources and Dolby. Um, that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you to my guests, Henrik and Saf. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Production Expert Podcast. <laughs>